Hey, welcome into Positive Live. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on the fear of God. So holy fear is reverence and awe towards the Lord because of who he is and who we are. Out of Psalm 115.11, You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. One biblical phrase that has troubled many people is the command to fear God. What does fear of the Lord mean, and why does the Bible tell us to fear God? So I recently heard Rick Warren state that he doesn't fear God. Those that are close to God don't. I really like Rick Warren, as most of you know, and I enjoy listening to him. But this day, though, everything within me disagreed with what he was saying, and I went immediately to God in prayer, as I really liked the guy, and he hasn't led me wrong yet. Unfortunately, Rick must have been having an off day. My spirit disagreed with what he had said. This attitude of not fearing God brings pride and complacency. No matter how many books you have written, years you have preached, we all have been told to fear God. The problem is, is that in today's society, we equate fear with harsh punishment, pain, no love, loneliness. So many different things that when we really dig deeper into it, we realize that none of those attributes of fear really equate to God. The fear that God requires us is one of respect. We need to have a healthy fear. The Bible, in fact, clearly states this several times. Out of Psalm 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. From Matthew 10:28, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And out of Ecclesiastes 12:13, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. From Psalm 33:8, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. From Psalm 25:14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. And from Luke 1, verse 50, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And Acts 10:35, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. From Joshua 4:24, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. From Job 1.8, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? And from Psalms 128.1-4, A song of the ascents, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And yet there is so many more verses in the Bible. In my limited mind, here is what I equate this fear to. When I was a child, I feared my father. I had a healthy fear of not disobeying his rules, doing anything wrong or even disappointing him. As I grew older, 
The same fear turned into a great respect. The rules as a child still applied. That fear of doing something wrong or disappointing him still applied. But as an adult, I understood the reason for all of that. He loved me. If you are a parent, I am sure that you may understand the role reversal very well. As much as we want our children to like us, we know that there are times that they will hate us no matter what we do. But yet we still love them. God loves you, and his love and wisdom he has called you to obey. So whether we are young Christians or mature in faith, we still need to have a heavy respect and fear of God. It is when we become relaxed and think we got this that we end up messing things up very badly because of pride. Forget what the world is trying to tell you. Listen to your Bible and be obedient. Fear God. So next, I'd like to read you some stories of courage from the Bible. These stories of courage in the Bible give me hope and a pathway to overcome my anxiety. The Bible tells us about many men and women who defeated their fear and anxiety by learning to depend on God. I believe their faith in God will inspire us to be courageous too. And the first story is from Moses, and he had courage to face the past. Moses faced his insecurity and fears by responding to God's call to go back to Egypt where his fears began. He was motivated by God's vision of working through him to save his people, the Jews, from the suffering they were experiencing. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And that is from Exodus 3:11 and 12. According to this Bible verse, Moses gained courage because God promised that he would be with him through his, this journey. In turn, Moses' bravery inspired the Jews to follow his lead through the parting of the Red Sea to escape the Egyptians. This passage changed my life and inspired me to trust in God and return to a troubled relationship I had spent in a long time running from. After years of distance, I went back and apologized for how I had chosen to be bitter instead of deciding to resolve the issues that were separating us. The conversion went well, and as a result, there was healing. My family member described this talk as the best conversation they had ever had and I was able to experience their forgiveness and gratitude. And the next story out of the Bible is about David, the courage to face impossible situations. The book of 1 Samuel Chronicles, the epic power struggle between Israelites and their chief enemy at the time, the Philistines. Though King Saul and the Israelite soldiers were dismayed by the daily threats of their enemy's giant, David took courage to fight Goliath. He was motivated by his disdain for Goliath's defiance against God and his people. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. You are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And that's from 1 Samuel. 
David had courage because of the countless times that God protected him from danger in his past. He had a steadfast confidence that God would deliver him against opposition. David acted on faith to fight Goliath with a slingshot, and God gave him victory. As a result, the whole army fought at his side and with God's help won a great battle that day. And the next story is from Esther, the courage to take a big risk. So Esther risked her life to persuade her husband, the king, to fold the plans of Haman to annihilate the Jews in their country. She was motivated by faith, taught by her uncle Mordecai, that she would be fulfilling the call to save God's people through her. Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf, and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. And that's from Esther 4. According to this passage, Esther prayed and fasted to put her trust in God, to give her courage to plead with the king, to protect her people. Her faithful sacrifice paved the way for the Jews in her country to stand up against attacks on them and fight back and protect one another. God brought about a great victory for them that day. And the last story is from Daniel, who had the courage not to give in. In Daniel chapter 6, a group of politically motivated administrators laid a trap for Daniel by manipulating the king to sign into law a regulation that would put to death anyone who worshipped any god other than him. Daniel stood on his conviction to pray to God only in spite of the consequences of being thrown into a den of lions as punishment. He was motivated to face this fear because he was so grateful to God for all the ways God blessed and protected his life. That gratitude made him extraordinarily confident. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber upon towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. And that's from Daniel 6.10. Daniel's courage grew through praying three times a day, even though it was against the law. His honor of God in prayer overpowered the temptation to be afraid of people. His devotion to God inspired King Darius, a foreign king, to write to all nations in their day to fear and revere God. So next I want to introduce the song, The Fear of the Lord by Tommy Walker. And here it is. Joy, 
Hey, what a great song by Tommy Walker. And here's what Tommy said regarding this song. I think it was during the 1960s that the phrase Generation Gap was first used. All over the world, young people were rebelling against the institutions of their day by dropping out of school, confronting the authorities, and staying away from church. For those of us who can remember, the summer of 1968 seemed to be full of riots on the streets, sit-ins in campuses, and protest marches in every large town. It was amazing to see young people challenge society on every continent under the sun. It was a time of uncertainty, but there was also an excitement about the radicalism those times produced. There is a new movement happening again, spearheaded by young people who are casting off the old ways of doing church. They're calling themselves the Emerging Church, and our denominations and religious institutions need to start listening to their voices. These young people are rejecting the hype and hypocrisy of church styles that no longer connect with their spirits. They are joining together in small groups, worshiping in their homes, and studying scripture together in on online chat rooms. They are developing a simple liturgy of adopting a lifestyle that won't give in to societal or ecclesiastical pressure. They are the closest church movement to reflect New Testament Christianity. And as they emerge, the classical and tricentennial structures will begin to crumble and fall. So as we said earlier, that when the Bible refers to the fear of the Lord, it means having a deep respect, reverence, and awe for God's power and authority, rather than causing someone to be afraid of God. A proper fear of the Lord leads one to love Him. We fear many bad things, crime, auto accidents, devastating storms, viruses, chemical weapons, mass murders, terrorists, earthquakes, demons, and Satan himself. But our loving Heavenly Father, why would God tell us to fear Him? First, realize that there is a fear of God that doesn't produce good results. This terrifying and paralyzing fear is likely the type of fear that comes to mind for many. So the Bible shows us several examples of fear gone wrong. So let's look at these passages. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble out of James 2.19. The unprofitable servant was corrected for being wicked and lazy after he made the excuse, I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground instead of using it productively out of Matthew 25.25. And from Revelations 21.8, even tells us the cowardly or fearful will not be in God's kingdom. Such fear does not have a positive end. Obviously, this fear is not what God is looking for. In fact, God offers us help for fighting the effects of wrong kinds of fear. So what type of fear does God want us to have? When the Bible talks about fearing God, it is usually referring to an attitude of reverence and respect not outright terror. Various scriptures explain that the proper fear of, that is, respect for God, 
leads to full, complete lives and bright futures. If you study the Bible, there is no mistaking the repeated commands to fear God. Wise King Solomon put it in this way in explaining his reason for writing the book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge from Proverbs 1.7. Why? Consider these words as the psalmist. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever, out of Psalms 111.10. In Psalm 34, King David also tells us about learning the fear of the Lord. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. A healthy fear of God includes the fear of the consequences of disobedience. There may be times of temptation or trial when we may forget some of our better reasons for obeying God, and that is when we really need to think of the consequences, and that's from Exodus 20.20. Reverence of God helps us to take Him and His beneficial law seriously. Being in harmony with the spiritual laws that govern the universe has an astounding benefit. This is what Hebrews 10.26-31 tells us. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Reverence of God helps us to take him and his beneficial law seriously. Being in harmony with the spiritual laws that govern the universe has astounding benefits. Many of these come in this life, but the greatest benefits will be experienced in the life to come. And that's from 1 Timothy 4. Consider this biblical analogy. Children learn their family rules partly through fear of corrections out of Hebrews 12, 9-11. Of course, when they grow older, they should continue to follow the rules out of love. God, whose family rules are even more important, also trains us to obey for our own good. As incredible as it sounds, God wants us to actually be his children. But we live in a world that is deceived and ruled by Satan, so we must come out of Satan's ways. We must not be children of Satan. Instead, we should learn the way of God's family, the way of love. God is love, and his law can be summarized as love for God and love for fellow man. Sadly, however, everyone sins and earns the death penalty. If everyone is just going to die forever, what would be the purpose of fear? Sure, we might be depressed and terrified, but is that what God really wants? Consider this fascinating passage. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you and you may be feared, out of Psalm 133 and 4. God's offer of forgiveness to those who repent gives us a reason to fear, a reason to change. It also gives us a reason to be eternally grateful, to grow in love, to be more like our loving God. God's offer of forgiveness to those who repent gives us reason to fear, a reason to change. It also gives us a reason to be eternally grateful and to grow in love to be more like our loving God. The reverential fear of the Lord is designed to help us grow to become more like God, to grow in love, and this growth removes any need to be terrified of God's judgment. 
As the Apostle John put it, Love has been perfected among us in this day, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, out of 1 John 4:17 and 18. Some misunderstand and think that love casts out not only fear, but law. However, John explains that God's law actually defined God's love. For this is the love of God, and we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome, out of 1 John 5, 3. This connection between God's love and his Ten Commandments is also made clear in Paul's writing and the Gospels. God wants his laws written in our hearts. For example, even if we had no fear of being caught, we should choose to never steal from others because we love them and God. We must never lose our respect and appreciation for God, but we should grow beyond being motivated solely by fear and rather be motivated by God's love, having a deep love and respect for God and his words. A different Greek word for fear is found in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of sound mind. So, rather than paralyzing terror, the positive fear of the Lord taught in the Bible is a key element in change. It helps us have a proper, humble perspective of ourselves in relation to our awesome God. It helps us in times of temptation when we need to remember the serious consequences of disobeying God, and it motivates us to become more like our loving Creator. By doing these things, the fear of the Lord helps bring eternal benefits. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all of the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off out of Proverbs 23, 17, and 18. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death, from Proverbs 14.27. And the fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will be abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil, from Proverbs 19.23. The Bible gives many examples of people God noted and praised for their reverence and respect for him. At the end of Abraham's greatest test, after he showed his willingness to give up his promised son, believing that God could resurrect Isaac, God told Abraham, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Out of Genesis 22.12 Moses followed his father-in-law's advice to appoint God-fearing men to help serve as judges over Israel. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and a place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, from Exodus 18.11. Such judges would remember their responsible before God to not take bribes or allow other forms of corruption to creep in. Also, Moses recorded instructions for future kings of Israel to write out a copy of the biblical laws. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes. 
that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from his commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom and his children in the midst of Israel. Out of Deuteronomy 17, 19, and 20. Hezekiah is mentioned as one king who did fear God. If only more of the kings had fully followed this advice. And from Jeremiah 26:19, Did Hezekiah king of Judah or anyone else in Judah put him to death? Did not Hezekiah fear the Lord and seek his favor? And did not the Lord relent so that he did not bring the disaster he pronounced against them? We are about to bring a terrific disaster on ourselves. God also mentioned that those who fear him are being written into his book of remembrance. Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. And that's from Malachi 3.16. So I'm going to end today's episode on a poem called To Know the Fear of God. Oh, to know the fear of God that is awesome is to learn how to live in this world with caution. For his word warns us to be not the world's friend or with its godless ways to mix in or to blend. Oh, to know the wisdom of God's instructions is to know being of the world leads to death and destruction. For his word cautions all. And to be alert and sober for the time Jesus returns is always getting closer. Oh, to know the fear that makes one respectful is to honor God by living a life non-regretful. And from Proverbs 15.33, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. So that does bring us to the end of our episode today. And my closing prayer as always is that God blesses the journey you're on with him and that you embrace that path. Next week's episode is going to be on God Smiles Upon Us. And you can connect with me at positivelightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Life for free. So I hope everybody had a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next week.